Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Pacific Football Club's target a spot in the OFC Champions League. And the Kapramata Nines gets underway, kicking off a big year for Rugby League. But first, Gareth Baber and Sir Gordon Titchens will take charge of Fiji and Samoa for the first time when the World 7 Series resumes in Wellington this weekend. Titchens coached New Zealand to the Wellington title 12 months ago and will face his old team in his first match in charge of Samoa on Saturday. You know, it's a, a great challenge to have in front of me and been working with the boys now for a little while and uh, yeah, I suppose Wellington's Wellington and you, it's always keen here. I suppose a bit different for me this year, after 22 years coming to Wellington to coach the New Zealand team and, and coaching Samoa, but uh, excited about it and uh, certainly energised. You've obviously been with the team, you travelled over to Cape Town, etc. Uh, you were with the team in Fiji for the Oceania. Uh, so are you used to calling yourself the Samoa Sevens coach now? Is it, is it, is it normal? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's normal now. I mean, I've got to know the players particularly well and, and obviously at the same time um, I have been at those previous tournaments mainly as a, as a spectator and, and getting to understand how the players operate and, and obviously uh, looking at how their form is and areas that we need to work on moving forward and, and most of the players that I've got with me are from the island. So um, for those, you know, for the last three weeks I've had them in, in Mount Monganui, which we've been obviously uh, centering, I suppose, as a around high performance as a, as a real key area and around obviously having that, that, that work ethic and getting fitter and having a real understanding the importance of conditioning moving forward to all the World Series tournaments. Yeah, I guess there's no surprise. Everybody knows what, what you're after in a training session and, and, and with the team. Have there been any surprises for you coming into this role? Anything that surprised you about the team? Well, the shifts, if I look, going back to... Dubai and South Africa, they're certainly a hell of a lot fitter than what they were in those first two tournaments and uh, even in the last two to three weeks I've seen they've certainly made you know, massive changes uh, to, to the way they operate, mainly because they're fitter and I'm um, certainly hoping for a, obviously even though as tough as it is in uh, the tournaments in Wellington, as tough as the draw that we have, certainly looking for some, some real improvement in certain areas. Yeah, in terms of that on-field performance, uh, what did you know the coaching team? What did you guys take out of Dubai and Cape Town? Right, they really, they were they were good at times. You know, they lost about four games at the death, really, and uh, and we put a lot of that down to just the you know not being able to to, to finish games off due to the to the lack of conditioning and uh, making errors at crucial times as well, and and the workload had to be shared certainly amongst all the players and, and of course with all the players when you're doing that you've got certainly a lot of those players that totally different skill sets to, to some of the, the lesser known players that 
you know, which they, those tournaments are really new to some of the players as well. Uh, and, and as you say, it's not an easy-looking draw for you guys uh, at the weekend. You've got New Zealand. Uh, no doubt you're pretty familiar with a lot of those guys. You've got France and the USA. So uh, even if you play well, you could potentially end up with, you know, zero wins. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we're going in there as the, as the fourth seed in that pool, you know, as the, as the underdog, really. So um, let's hope we can certainly turn it on and, and, and really play some great sevens. I mean, it's a, it's a huge start for us playing New Zealand. You know, but then uh, at the end of the day, if you're going to do well in this tournament, you've got to play everyone and, and beat everyone, really. So, so that's what we're about, really. It's about one game at a time, and, and we'll look no further than New Zealand and then and look at the others after that. Obviously, that's the talking point with yourself, and, and that's the you know coming up against New Zealand, uh, um, and obviously in a place that you're very familiar with in Wellington. Uh, I remember talking to Ben Ryan about the same thing when he took over and played England for the first time, and he said... It was a weird feeling. Is it? Is it a weird feeling? But he got over it pretty quickly. Is it a? Is it a weird feeling for you or not? Yeah, it'd be uh, a little bit unusual as the head coach in, in this particular tournament in Wellington, especially uh, how that's come about. Us playing New Zealand in the very first game, and for me as the coach, my very first game also as, as coach of the team. So yeah, it'd be a little bit different. But um, we played played them in Dubai. And I think it, it was quite a close encounter in Dubai, and uh, and let's hope we can really push them again on their own tournament. I know they've had a lot of success here, and there's always pressure on the on the home team to perform in their own tournament. So um, perhaps we can turn that into a to an advantage for us. And, and that pressure is something you're used to as head coach of New Zealand for all those years. Uh, Samoa, it's a pretty intense pressure as well. That sevens team and. Uh, Obviously a Prime Minister that's always got an opinion or two on how the team's going. Uh, no doubt you've had a few conversations with him. Uh, very demanding some on public. They want to see improvements on the field. Uh, is that so, you're obviously used to those sorts of uh, um, interests and um, you know demands? Yeah, the pressure's certainly a lot different. And in summer over the last couple of years haven't really performed on the, on the sevens field. So uh, they understand what I'm doing. Uh, about trying to build some depth on the island. Build depth within sevens rugby and, and Samoa. And of course, they're coming out here also to the Wellington tournament to support the team. And uh, there's a lot of youngsters in this team which will only grow with every game they have. And uh, and I suppose the pressure that I have with New Zealand and the pressure I've got with Samoa are totally different, miles apart. And uh, what I'm really enjoying now is is trying to make these rugby players in Samoa a better player, you know, and uh, and hopefully they can grow in the game of sevens and, and be very successful. So it's not a, a quick fix. It'll take a bit of time. But um, I think gradually you'll see some massive improvements in the Samoan team. That was Samoa Sevens coach Sir Gordon Titchens. Gareth Baber, meanwhile, says he can't wait for their first match against Australia. For me, I suppose the most natural part has been with the players on the field and doing preparations uh, for any tournament. So, um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of settling, settling in that I need to do. Um, you know, my family aren't here with me at the moment, back in Hong Kong as well, so uh, that's always a bit strange when you've got three children and normally quite busy with them. But um, as far as the players are concerned and the staff, um, you know, they're professionals and they're all right, so they, you know, they know what's uh, what's needed to prepare for a tournament or two tournaments back to back like we're going to go into. So um, yeah, it's been pretty straightforward in getting that down to to what we need to do and the the levels of work and, and intensity we need to get into our training. So uh, that's been good, and um, hopefully I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it in, in Wellington. I mean, how much time exactly have you had in training with the team? You know, I came in just beginning of uh, beginning of January. Uh, some of the players were away on a tournament in South America, and then uh, have come back this week. 
Um, but the, there was a squad of uh, 17 with me pretty much for those that period that I've been in here prior to maybe three weeks but sort of prior to, well, when we get into tournament. It's not uh, a huge amount of preparation time, but as I said, the, you know, they're a good squad and, and obviously they've been training to the levels with, uh, with Nata, uh, the other coach. So, um, yeah, so it's all going the right direction. Indeed, and you've uh, obviously got five players coming in from that Barbas team that was in South America and obviously a, a strong core of the squad that was already together for the first two legs. So uh, what do you make of that mix you've been that you've gone for? Pretty good players who have got some good condition levels and, and, and I suppose been exposed to tournaments recently and the boys in South, uh, South America did that. And obviously I've had the footage of that, watch that, and obviously the feedback from coaches as well. Um, so that in itself is, is a big bonus probably too and a big impetus for the boys who are already done Dubai and um, uh, South Africa and then obviously pushed through it in the new year. Um, and you know, as, as you said, there's a lot of experience in there, so it's a nice, it's like a nice blend. As it was, most coaches like to have that nice blend of of being in the position to have experience, and then it, within that, inject some some young talent and some some players who are in form. So um, you know, I know it's not always going to be like there's going to be challenges whenever you're sort of putting a squad together. But um, for the first one, I'm I'm quite pleased with with the qualities that we're getting out of them in training, and obviously, I suppose looking at another tournament they've just played in and, and played against like Argentina and that. So. Um, now they'll be well prepared for going into a tournament of HSBC standard. Can Fijian fans, and I guess Stevens fans uh, in general, Gareth, uh, expect to see um, anything different on the pitch uh, for a team under your tutelage, um, or, or can we expect pretty much uh, the same Fijian style and flair? You know, anybody who would probably coach Fiji, they would be naive if they try and change Fiji in a short period of time, and the way that they play, you know, the place of the best attacking rugby you'll ever see in world rugby. I'm actually had a tournament here today when I I see it throughout club rugby and Fiji. It's the natural way they play the game. I think, if anything, um, you obviously we want to probably stay a little bit more accurate than in when we play sometimes, and particularly when we haven't got the ball. That generally wins you tournaments and wins you competitions as well. So I think that you know it'll be uh, it'll be short termist if we said that we're going to see massive changes initially. Because the thing is, with the team that's going to come to Wellington and Sydney, it's about a giving them uh, you know, a nice uh, secure environment in which they can go and express themselves and do what they've always done for Fiji and introduce some younger players and some uh, players that haven't had as much exposure over the last couple of years into that as well. And I want to see how they go and play their natural game, uh, which is, is risk-averse, and, um, but uh, obviously then try and put into that a little bit of uh, making us more competitive when we have got the ball. And uh, I guess um, you know, after applying for the job, getting the job and um, finishing up your notice in Hong Kong, uh, been quite a long time between drinks, so you must be really excited to be out on that training pitch with this team and uh, finally have that opportunity to uh, take them into a tournament. Yes, absolutely. I think you know, when you're in the position, obviously, unfortunate to be in at the moment, and um, there's a lot of things that go on around it which can act as distractions. But you know, the most comfortable place I am is around players and, and, and on the training field. It's rough. I've done all my growing up really from being a kid playing through to being a coach, and you've been some harsh, harsh lessons there. And, at some point in your in your career, they sort of all culminate to give you a position like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of falling at the moment. So, you know, my my job is really to try and impart some of that with the players, and as they say, create uh, the environment around them in which they can go express themselves as they've they've done so many times previously. So, uh, yeah, it's a good challenge. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, certainly it's a challenge for me. Has there been any sort of progress on that contract situation with the players since you've arrived? Yes, yes. You know, it's obviously as I've said, I sort of said in the press, but. You know, I, I don't want contracts given to the players just because uh, of a piece of paper. You know, it, this is something that's got to be 
relatively sustainable moving forward uh, within the Fiji Rugby Union. So, yeah, there's talks been going on. Um, you know, we're not far away from that at the moment. Obviously, the players have been kept briefed on this, and I'm hoping something, uh, obviously, for the players will happen in the, in the next few days. So, um, yeah, we're not far away. Gareth Baber. Meanwhile, Papua New Guinea make their first World Series appearance of the season this weekend. They face England first up. The spot on the 2017 Oceania Champions League is up for grabs at the OFC preliminary, which kicks off in Tonga this weekend. The national football champs from Samoa, American Samoa, Cook Islands and Tonga will square off in a round-robin format, with the top two sides advancing to the main draw. Last year's preliminary winners Kiwi FC from Samoa have been replaced by Lupe Ole Sawanga, who prevailed at the same stage two years ago. Puaikura FC are also back after regaining the Cook Islands Round Cup from domestic rivals Tupapa Mararenga. Former Team Wellington coach Matt Calcott will guide the team at Nukualofa, having assisted the Cook Islands under-20 side last year. The manager of the Cook Islands under-20 side is the president of uh, Puaikura and uh, and look, he said, um, you know, we'd uh, we'd really like some assistance for the for the Champions League, and uh, you know, again, I've stated a few times, really enjoyed my time in, in Vanuatu with the Cooks under 20. So I thought, you know, why not? And uh, and yeah, really looking forward to it. Have you been able to have uh, much, if any, time with the squad? Because I know with the under 20s, it was all very sort of last minute, and you sort of, you know, got a couple of training sessions in if you were lucky. Not in New Zealand as such, but I mean, four or five of the players. And you know the probably main contributors to the success in Rarotonga um, were in the under twenty. So the, you know it's a pretty young side that's been successful in Rarotonga, um, and uh, and obviously um, coupled with that is that we've managed to get um, you know five or so players from uh, New Zealand. Um, so you know there's a, there's a lot of familiar faces to me. Um, so we'll do what we've done in the past, and it's you know to be honest with you, it's no real different when you go. Champions League tournaments with you know with the likes of Team Wellington. Normally, uh, you do have some players coming coming in late on, uh, and you do have to prioritise your work. and uh, And you know it'll be the same again as we head out to Tonga, and we'll get four good sessions, four or five good sessions in um, before we hit the ground running Saturday. And I guess by nature of being a club side as opposed to a national one, these guys do when have played you know the bulk of them a, a season or more together as well. So you know they they know each other. I agree. I agree, and uh, and they do know each other, and uh, you know there's a few that also um, you know know each other from you know that are coming um, out of Auckland as well. So you know, I mean, you, you, the kind of uh, making sure that um, things click, uh, you know, quite quickly. If um, you know, it's assisted by players having spent some time together in the past. And uh, Matt, you're obviously no stranger to the Champions League from your time uh, with Team Wellington. This is, of course, that step beforehand with the uh, the Polynesian sides uh, looking to make it to the main draw. Uh, obviously significant this year that for the first time it's the top two sides that will go into an expanded Champions League main draw. So, um, you know, I guess everyone's really sensing a, a genuine opportunity to make, you know, round two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it would be history for, you know, a Cook Island side to make that the next stage. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're doing everything they can to, to push for that. But in, in saying that, the other sides are like that as well, aren't they? You know, I mean, the Simone uh, side is very, very strong. And uh, I think they've gone unbeaten in their league, league and cup um, throughout this year. It's going to be a very, very tough tournament. and it's But, you know, it's, it's new territory for uh, a Cook Island side if they were to qualify. But, 
I think it's first things first and concentrating on uh, you know what's ahead of us in the next 10 days. And just to get to this stage even, you know, in the Cook Islands, Tupapa Mauranga have, you know, traditionally made it this far and they themselves have got very close to getting into the main draw, I think finishing second uh, on two or three occasions in, in recent years. So to have uh, overcome them to, to get just to the qualifier is, uh, you know, promising for Poaikura. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, you know, there was some good, con- you know, or some excellent contributions from a number of their under-20 sides. So, um, you know, that's made a big, big difference, and uh, a lot of that can can uh, can be down to, um, you know, the work that the the, the very small um, but active board um, at Perkura, um and you know what they've done to to get this far. Um, but um, you know, it's a, it's another big step, and uh, you know, uh, I know that the domestic players have been working very, very hard over the Christmas period, so. Uh, you know, it's um, it's up to the rest of the the players to come up to speed early on to make this thing a success, really. And uh, the the format of this is just uh, round robin, so you know, there's not a lot of room for error. No, that's right, and uh, and you know, it can you know, especially in a in a small group with only full four teams or very very small tournament, I should say, um, there isn't, and uh, you have to hit the ground running, and uh, you know. Historically, in, in a lot of tournaments, whether or not there's a few more teams in there or not, you know, if you if you don't go well on the on the first morning, that can be a struggle. So it's uh, you know it's really you know there's a real mental um, aspect to it heading into the first game. And uh, you've got uh, Vaitongo FC, the uh, local side up first. They were in the same stage last year, didn't win a game. Um, do, you, do you know much about them? What do you know about the other teams? Well, look, I've done um, you know a fair bit of work on the other teams. Um, I suppose the key will be you know what changes they've made um, throughout the year. I know that they've um, there's a lot of talk that they've been uh, you know very um, uh, very strong in their local uh, competition. Obviously, hints because they've won it, but um, you know they've they've really gone through um, like the other sides and. and Pretty much kind of unbeaten, and uh, I've had a really good look at, at the games from last year, and uh, and it's good to to get a get a handle on that. But I, I think that the prelim um, tournament for, for um, you know for the first time in, in three or four years is going to be uh, much stronger and competitive um, than it's been in the past. That's the Poe Kuda football coach Matt Calcott. The 14th edition of the Cabramatta Nines takes place this weekend in Sydney, kicking off a busy year for rugby league that will culminate with the World Cup. 27 teams have registered so far, representing the likes of Niue, Cook Islands, Hungary, Philippines, Malta, Japan, the Mediterranean and Middle East. The football manager for the Cabramatta Rugby League Club, Bob Erskine, says it's always a great day out. The international teams have really uh, taken hold of the concept of the nines, and you know you can see from the entries there that you know they far way out outweigh the Australian teams, and yeah, so we look forward to seeing them all here on Saturday. Indeed, and, and that nines format too, which you know when when you guys started this tournament 14 years ago. Um, it, it obviously existed, but it wasn't as prominent as it's become in the last few years with the likes of the NRL Auckland Nines and stuff. It's really, you know, caught hold and become quite a marketing tool. So uh, I, I guess you guys as, as well have been able to capitalise on, um, you know, what is a growing format of the game. Yeah, we, we haven't been able to. Uh, this year we've actually uh, we've got a, a sponsor for the event as well, uh, Independent Gaming from New South Wales. Uh, 
they obviously see the value in it and they've come on board for the next three years uh, to sponsor the event for us. And uh, what, you know, as a rugby league fan, what do you make of um, nines and, and this tournament compared to the traditional form of the game? Uh, what sort of people turn up to this event in Cabramatta? Do you, are you getting the families? Are you getting people that aren't possibly traditional rugby league fans? Uh, well, well, we get a mixture of it. We do get the, a lot of the families, yeah, and uh, the traditional league fans. Uh, we know that uh, the Cabra old boys, they generally turn up on, on the day to support the two Cabra teams that are in it and all the other teams. Yeah, so that's across, a you know, of all the supporters. You know, a lot of kids. It's a fun day. You know, it's played in the right spirit. And we see... A lots of tries scored. Indeed, and uh, and a good way to kick off a, a big year for rugby league too, with uh, a World Cup later on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know we look forward. We're actually holding uh, hosting a couple of World Cup uh, festival games involving uh, universities, police, and defence force teams, which is um, run separately, obviously from the World Cup. But yeah, it's a big year, and we're looking forward to it. That's Bob Erskine from the Cabramatta Rugby League Club and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.